When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Dishes and Dimes podcast. Um, And happy belated Halloween, because we know that you guys were spending the whole weekend re-wearing that outfit three days in a row. (laughs) Um, We hope you enjoyed your Halloween. We have a um, spooky edition of today's episode. Uh, We're going to discuss some scary things. Um, I am joined today. Well, it is your host, Yasmin, and I'm joined today by Sandy, my co-host. Uh, Sandy, how are you? I'm good. It's 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 been a minute. So it's, it's, yeah, it's good, good to, to be, be back. back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. We've been on a little hiatus. Uh, we did some time to get ourselves situated. And now we are back for a very special episode. We're excited to yeah. be back. It's been a while. Full steam ahead for this current NBA season, which is actually panning out to be very interesting. It's going to be a really fun one. I can already tell. I can already tell it's going to be packed full of drama, which is like the most important component for me personally. Uh, I'm here for the drama for sure. Yeah. Real world NBA 75 is my jam. As much drama as they can shove in the season, I'm here for it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, first of all, I want to thank the listenership who has been so uh, consistent and supportive throughout our break. And, you know, um, it is it, it it's a very it's like the main motivating factor for us to get right back into it um, after doing it for what? How long was it? Like a year and a half? A year and a half. Yeah, 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 like a year and a half straight. And, you know, you guys were with us along the way and you guys will uh, we're just waiting patiently. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so annoying. They should have been like um, hitting us up in our mentions, like with Rihanna and her album. But no, they were they were patient. <laughs> I don't know if we should take that as a good thing. They were perfectly fine without. <laughs> Wait, yeah, actually, actually, <laughs> I'm offended, guys. <laughs> actually, you should have been like, "Where's the episode every day?" <laughs> we got nothing. It was radio silence. <laughs> uh, but we are excited to um, introduce our newest um segment to the show ask dishes wait sorry it well it's like an it's going to be an email segment of the show we're going to try and close out every episode with this email segment um and if you it's basically um you can send out any question regarding literally anything about life basketball whatever you want uh to ask dishes dimes pot at gmail.com uh and whoever's hosting that week will answer your uh question dispense sound advice to you guys. Uh, we are not liable for the results of any of our advice, whatever uh, results it yields, but uh, we think it'll be a fun addition to the pod. Um, and, you know, who knows? We might relate it to basketball. <laughs> so uh, be sure to send out any questions you have to that email and we will address it on a weekly basis. So anyways, Moving on to the weekly dish, um, a spooky edition, of course. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make some scary observation. 
mm-hmm. uh, to the league today. Uh, and we're going to begin with um, something that has been uh, terrifying a few players already, which is referees swallowing their whistles, uh, which has impacted, I feel like, guards throughout the NBA already, literally like, what, seven games in tops for a lot of teams. Um, you know, we're already noticing a hit in the statistics produced by players like Trey Young and James Harden, even um, Damian Lillard. And yeah, it's the beginning of the season, but uh, to see the impact that it's having and the um, the effects that it's producing and the com- complaints uh, being shared by these players out loud uh, has been really fascinating to see. So uh, I want to ask Sandy, uh, what has been like your reaction to this Um well, n- not to go into too much detail yet, but what has been like the um, the uh, reaction for you, like just what one week into the season? I mean, we'll definitely get into it um, later on, but I I'm I love the fact that I'm more of a fan of the defensive side of basketball. Um, maybe we have no choice. Raptors- as Raptors yeah, fans. exactly right. <laughs> um, as Raptors fans, that's all we can hang our hat. On so like I really enjoy watching a team kind of go full fledged switch as much mm. as they can. Um, there isn't a team that represents like defensibility, defensive ability like the Raptors do, and so I like having a little bit more balance in the game where, you know, the game was very much skewed towards the offensive player for a very long time, which is great. We love, you know, the. Stephen Curry threes from the logo. We love that kind of stuff, but it's just been great to to see a little bit of balance, see these defensive players be able to defend. Um, right. So I've enjoyed it. I've I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I have too. Like I'm not even used to getting a whistle for my team. So <laughs> yeah, it doesn't affect us at all. <laughs> yeah, like Fred Van Vliet complained about it, but like he's still been producing because we're like, we're not used to being handed a whistle anyways. So right. It hasn't, it hasn't really off. affected my view. Right. It's, there's no difference. So moving on to, you know, the second dish of the week that um, we've noticed also uh, pretty, pretty scary is the um, Chicago Bulls. Uh, they, they look for real. They look like an NBA basketball team, which is like more than I could have said um, in recent years. Um one thing I find really interesting about the Bulls and one thing that can get a little spooky later on in the season is who is going to be that kind of clear-cut number one option for the team because right now I feel like DeMar DeRozan has been carrying quite the offensive load, but uh, it can get a little scary for him in the postseason. So I'm kind of interested to see how um, Zach Levine kind of takes the reins on that. Does he kind of allow DeMar to do what he does because – uh, I feel like Zach Levine is probably the exact kind of player who really uh, like respects and has probably looked up to a player like DeMar DeRozan in terms of um, modeling his own game. Uh, we know Levine is kind of um, um, comfortable in the mid-range area too. Um, I feel like that's the exact type of player he kind of uh, revels. So like, uh, how do you feel about uh, who takes that offensive load? And do you think that um, relying so heavily on DeMar in the, regular season will kind of have effects on the uh, postseason because at this point, like I'm kind of comfortable saying that we kind of know what to expect from DeMar in the postseason. Uh, It's not even a knock to him. It's just that his game is um, something that coaches understand and they know how to limit in the postseason. Um, And it's just something that he has not been able to adjust to over the years. And yeah, he could absolutely 
um, blow us away because he he truly has developed as a player over the years since leaving the Raptors. He's added to his game continuously. So who's to say he, um, you know, develops like a counterattack for a lot of the um, defensive schemes thrown at him. But as it stands, um, is that a question that you have? Because it's something that's been on my mind already heading into the season. Yeah, I mean, it, I found it hilarious that he hit like four threes against us. It was just, of course, DeMar would hit the threes that he never hits um, against the Raptors. But I I don't think they're going to rely on DeMar. Again, teams have figured him out. They know what his game is. Um, and they're going to limit him as much as possible. So the, the responsibility is going to be on Levine to to carry that offensive load and then lean on DeMar maybe um, in those moments where you need a clutch player to, to you know, hit a mid-range shot or, or something. Um, but I don't think the, that the Bulls can fully depend on DeMar in the postseason. I mean, as Raptors fans, we know, we know what that looks like. Um, and yeah, he's added quite a bit to his game in, um, as a spur, but I, I don't necessarily think that he's added enough for it to be a substantial difference in the playoffs. So it, it, it will be interesting. Um, needless to say, you never really know. I mean, now he's on a team that could you know, make a real push in the playoffs and that might be a motivating factor for him. So you never count him out. Um, if we know anything about Damar, he is a gym rat. He's going to work as hard as he possibly can. And if he thinks mm. there's a chance to take this young team um, far in the playoffs, I think he'll he'll do what he um, needs to do to try to make that happen. So I'm not going to count him out completely, but is he going to, you know, have a consistent three-pointer um, that's going to create space? Ah, no. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll just wait and see. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the last weekly dish, um, perhaps spookiest of all, um, (laughs) has been uh, Scotty Barnes' debut as, you know, um, a Toronto Raptor. Uh, He, he, yeah, it's seven games in, but, like, it's scary. (laughs) It's, It's seven games in, but, like, it's for real. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm willing. I'm I'm gonna bet the house on it. I feel like, I feel like he's for real. Like it's it's early in the season, but I don't see things that are particularly unsustainable. Yeah, he's not gonna, um, he's not gonna be able to maintain that shot for the entirety of the season. Duh. Like he's not gonna shoot sixty percent or whatever in the mid range. He's not gonna um, make all his threes or whatever. But the things that I see him do like in the paint, um, the multiple highlights um, every single game, like this kid is the real deal. He was just 19, like a month ago, like a couple months ago. Right. He is like made for like, he, he relishes every moment. He embraces that role. He doesn't care about how, whether people he's stepping on toes. Like he's just like, if I can produce at a high level, this is a, a team and an environment that's going to allow me to embrace those shots, take those shots. Like that's one thing about the Raptors is that if you can produce at a high level, you know, screw egos, (laughs) like you're going to be given the opportunity to um, be at the forefront of the offense, to be at the forefront of the team um, and take up that usage. And that's what he's been doing. Like I saw, like they, they played the Pacers um, on their court uh, yesterday on Saturday. 
Uh, well, not it would, it would be this is going on Monday. So it was a Saturday game versus the Pacers in Indiana. And there was like a rebound toward I think it was the fourth quarter where it was getting dicey. And the rebound came down and I think OG touched it and Scotty just ripped it and started <laughs> dribbling down the court. And I'm like, yo, this kid does not give a crap. Like he's nope. like, this is my moment. And then he takes it to the perimeter starts to make Sabonis dance and I'm like okay he's this is something else like this guy is being guarded by Sabonis like take that in like I think I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about is his aggressiveness right yeah, it's refreshing anybody he's very much playing within the offense of course like he's not forcing any shots there are no plays being like called out for him so he's he's doing this within the flow of the offense and then on top of that, when he feels like he needs to take the ball and make a move, he does it. And that, this is more, the, this is beyond. Like my, I was happy with him averaging seven points this season. I would have been good. Yeah, I remember those and some good like, defense. Someone's and like, I, I think you'll like, do 10. And people are like, you're insane. What you're do you mean 10 much. points? A Raptors rookie <laughs> that can play basketball? Are you insane? <laughs> dribble <laughs> Take no our rookies don't play basketball our rookies are like people they're who are energy tall guys, that we find right? on the streets <laughs> like, exactly they're energy guys just get on there run in transition dunk the ball and then sit back down on the bench that's that's our rookies um Yo, it's just like have- the raptors when they're drafting rookies they just they check for your length and like your zodiac sign and that's it <laughs> like, like we got a guy who go play basketball like all, out like, off the rip for real, <laughs> like for that's real. Like, like for real, for real. And I that's think unreal. I don't know. I don't recognize this feeling. This must have been like what my dad experienced when um, Carter was drafted, like when they got Vince Carter yeah, and yeah. he was playing, he was hooping right out the gate. Like, I, I feel like that's like a similar experience because like um, for the Raptors, like I've been watching the team. Um, starting the 2010s. Yeah. So, like, what was there? Like, you, yeah, they drafted Demar, who had to develop. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Over the yeah. course of a few years, uh, Larry had to develop over the course of a few years. What we'd experience, what we saw at the pinnacle of their abilities was like years of work being put right. in. Um, you know, Pascal, years of work and everything. Yeah. So, like, to see a guy who could play. Um, at that level already, who has not really even been like, I don't even like giving credit to Nick Nurse for Scotty's improved shooting. Because I think no. that makes no sense. Like he hasn't even run any plays for this kid is doing it on his own. Like take that. He hasn't been in the development system. He's just, you know, dipping a toe in now. So the thought of what he could accomplish after being in that system and being in that environment and experiencing, you know, um, the culture of the team, um, like. I'm, I can't imagine what this guy would be able to do by midseason when he gets to hang on things. Like, I feel like um, David Thorpe, I think, who was it? Oh, there's someone on Twitter said that um, some of David Thorpe's um, predictions um, several months ago were just like insane. Like they were just the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> but like everything has come true so far. And this guy is tweeting things like... Um, Will Scotty be an all-star this year? And people are like, ah, you've yeah, been right yeah, doing this much. entire time, but come on. And then, But, like, he's literally been right about everything regarding this guy. Um, so I I don't even know. Um, I don't want to even place expectations on Scotty. I'm just going to enjoy the show. But I think it's interesting. It really just changes the Raptors' timeline even. Like, this is, like, supposed to be a year of development just like you know uh give og that usage um but now it's like 
no, keep this crew together. We're going to go and make a run for the playoffs. We're going to see yeah. how far we can get in the postseason. Yeah. And stuff. So um, I feel like it just kind of recalibrates the entire, um, the team's entire um, floor uh, timeline. And like, you know, in the Masai Jiri mentioned in his press conference that he wants to let this team run just like, uh, he he gave uh, the Larry and DeRozan um, teams a chance to run. And I remember like thinking, come on, like there's like, oh. a bunch of kids on this team. Like, are you sure you want to do that? Like that was Kyle Lowry and stuff. But like now I'm like, oh no, I'm, this team I is better it. than 2014's, <laughs> yeah. you know, collection of guys. And they managed to kind of, you know, inspire the country and uh, make that postseason push and everything. So, um, you know, this team just got a lot more fascinating and they don't even have their, number one option like they don't have their I think about the possibilities and I think people have forgotten even Raptors fans how um, talented Pascal is so I they still have a guy who's a 30% kind of usage player who hasn't even been integrated into the team yet um so I'm just something to prove right like something to prove and who we're forgetting Pascal turning into who he's turned into is a miracle within itself and the like, amount of hard work and effort it took for him to be a guy that would be on the floor three minutes and couldn't be on the floor without losing the ball to who he became, who he is right now is crazy. And I think people are, are too quick to throw Pascal to the side. Like he's going to be amazing with this. I was watching this. highlights just last night, like yeah. randomly YouTube suggested like um, uh, Siakam highlights from the 2021 season. Yeah. And uh, there, there's, I. It's been a while since we've seen him with the team so far, and um, there were times they would just ha- like even I forgot what he was capable of. Like they yeah. gave they give him the ball, standstill offense, nothing's happening. And usually when the Raptors get the ball and no one's on the move, it's gonna be like a thrown shot. It's gonna be like a Gary Trent ISO. <laughs> right. But like to to see Pascal, you know, pull out, do his hezzy, get in, um, spin, do his stuff, like do those, he was getting really comfortable with the step back um, jumper in the mid range and stuff. And I'm thinking like, yeah, we need, that's exactly what this team needs right now. That's what I was thinking. Like, this is exactly what they're missing. This is something that Scotty's not able to do right now. He might not ever be able to, and he'll still be like an MVP caliber player one day, in my opinion, but um, he's looking, you know, I, I, he's looking, (laughs) yo, I'm comfortable with him being at the five. Seeing him make Miles Turner look really small was just like, okay, maybe he should be the center and they should just bench Precious right. and get Siakam back yeah. in his powerful I, 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 Yeah, I like that a lot. I, For me, it's just what I found, very like, he can run the floor, like, in a blink of an eye. He can guard pretty much one through five for the most part. Like, guards, it's a little bit harder for him with the guards, but for the most part, he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he struggles mm-hmm. with, with staying in front of guards because they're mm-hmm. a lot smaller and quicker. But but they can't take advantage of it. But the heat right. is slower on them. Yeah, he can manage it. And then on top of like I, I the whole thing is just it stresses me. It makes out. no sense. Yeah, it stresses <laughs> me out because I came into this season with a certain like level of expectation, and I'm like, I'm not gonna waver. Like no matter what happens in the season, I'm not gonna waver because I don't want to be disappointed. And now, like, Scotty's so much better than I expected. I find myself thinking, oh, like, if we can make it to the second round and get to a game seven, <laughs> maybe, like, 
maybe do something miraculous and get to the the Ishikawa titles with this this kid who's developed crazier things have happened like we're already seeing the nets aren't looking like the nets and you know like injuries you never know right the Knicks can play you know the Knicks are playing basketball like it's it's a backwards world like anything can happen are four four and oh right now like just there was a season to just shock the world <laughs> what is it like of course the Raptors could get to the Eastern Conference Finals no I just I'm trying to relax but it's very hard when your rookie is averaging 18 and 8 I it's just and 9 I think it's like 8.9 like, it's <laughs> ridiculous it's ridiculous and it's like he hasn't even been he disappeared for like two quarters a game right like he's not and then he comes back. He's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try this guy. 10 points, bam. Just like consecutive. And like, it's like, it's wait, just... what? <laughs> yeah, can get Do this all game and you'll average like 27. Like, what is this? And then if the three start going inconsistently, like no one can guard him. So like the possibilities are just endless at this point. Let's just hope he stays healthy. And I just, because everything just feels natural. It's not like he's forcing the offense. He's. He's finding things like his step back looks really like clean and natural. Like it's not like he's forcing any shots up. Like I, I don't. He knows too. That's what I also noticed. Like there's almost no point in any game so far where I'm like, "What are you doing?" You know what I mean? And that's like you get several of those a game with rookies. But like same thing goes for Evan Mobley. Like Scotty and Evan have uh, shone so bright because. They look like third-year players on the court. They're right. not making stupid mistakes. Right. Like, it's actually ridiculous. They're not um, – I feel like Kate Cunningham will be the same way. But watching Jalen Green, watching um, – well, Jalen Green's been the other rookie in the in that top four range. But watching Jalen Green, watching um, any other player in that uh, lottery zone, it's yeah. normal to see them make multiple mistakes a game of just, you know um, – not getting set into the offense correctly or just shooting um, a bad shot that's not advisable. You you don't get that with Scotty. You don't get that with um, Evan Mobley, which has been, like, insane. Like, it's going to be so cool to see these guys um, battle with each other for, the, like, the next decade, basically, in the right. Eastern Conference. Like, the Eastern Conference right now is actually um, ridiculous. We're like, it's set, just, we're set for the future. It's going to be... The Eastern Conference is going to... It's, it's going to be crazy. The next generation is just... I'm excited to see. Business is booming. <laughs> yeah, it's booming indeed. Uh, so moving on to like the main discussion of today's episode that um, I wanted to discuss with um, Sandy. Uh, I need opinions on this, really, um, is the um, change in the whistle. And usually when players are complaining about the whistle, um, it's it's very rarely that it's something I notice. It's usually something they notice that's very minuscule that I don't see. But literally from game one, I noticed that the whistle was different with this season. Um, the um, level of physicality allowed to the defensive player has truly increased, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, a blessing to a team of switchy uh, forwards. But um, for a lot of the league's um, players who rely on free throw shooting as a component of their offense, it's been like uh, pretty, um, it's it's hilarious, but it's like kind of sad that they have to kind of uh, recalibrate the entirety of their game um, to adjust to what's happening right now. But um, Fred Van Vliet mentioned um, the other night that um, after the um, Indiana Pacers game that he, he believes that it's, 
unleveled now. Like he believes it's a little um, overzealous and that it's going to level out throughout the season. I think so too. I think that the referees are adjusting and they're going to reach like a kind of happy medium. Like you found a quote. Um, I want, uh, it would be great if you could read that out from uh, Monty McCutcheon. Okay. So Monty McCutcheon um, pretty much, um, he said that he, NBA's vice president the NBA is looking to balance yeah. out the ability of the defensive player to compete with passion with an offensive player who can compete with passion. And then we find that balance. Good competition is the result. Yes, I pretty much agree with that. I think the NBA had skewed too far um, in the offensive players, um, you know, benefit. Which oh, is yeah. great. Like we want the LeBrons and the Stephens and the Dames and the, you know, to be able to to cook and work. Like that's exciting. But you know, when players start averaging like 40, 50 points in a season, 60. you know, games um, you need to, you know, there obviously needs to be some scale back. And and so and and again, like I'm somebody who really enjoys defensive plays I really enjoy defensive minded players I I follow a defensive minded team and so it's really frustrating when you see a player like an OG who in my opinion at some point is going to be defensive on player of the year trying his hardest to defend a player and keep them in front of him and and he can't really move with much free um freedom because he's scared of the, the whistle that he's going to get um yeah <clears throat> I, I think I think for me it's 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 kind of a little bit of a relief to know that um a player like flailing out their leg to get a, <laughs> to get a to get a call is no longer going to be tolerated because it's it's it slows down the game it's really frustrating for the opposite team and the fans that are watching um and you're giving benefit to players who are trying to finesse the system. Now, I don't mind players finding different ways to to <clears throat> help their offense and help their team, um, but that's not a foul. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> not a foul. And I'm Yeah, and I completely agree that. because the I feel like the, the offense of the game as a whole has changed so drastically in the last um, – six years or so. Uh, and we haven't seen any refing developments that have impacted or have adjusted to the change in the game. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like uh, players are expected to defend all three levels of the court nowadays. So it was only a matter of time that they created some sort of um, rule changes to benefit the defensive player, because I feel like there are rule changes that have benefited the offensive player. So I feel like this is kind of, uh, balancing act of sorts and like honestly I don't I, I get so I feel like when I see those games where teams are scoring like 130 points or so like to me it's like something about it is just fake like it's like, sugar free or right. something like something, right. it doesn't feel <laughs> like real like something about it yeah. I feel like yeah. like something's broken with it and it was right. beginning to feel like that especially I think it was the 2020 the 2019-2020 season, I think, was when I really noticed. I'm like, this is not, this is, something about this is very watered down. Like, yeah. why are teams scoring 130 points? Like, this makes no sense. Right. Um, right. And I think we've already seen it, kind of. I've seen so many under 100-point matchups now, which is, like, I'm used to it as a Raptors fan. So, um, I think other people will get used to it, too. And it just makes it, like, 
every basket is more meaningful. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like it just, every, it's fight for it more, right? Yeah. Like it's just the effort is more fun to watch. I think on both ends, seeing the offensive player try harder and because it was getting too effortless at one point, you know, so way too easy. I think this has just been a natural progression um, for the NBA. So we, I think the play, the two, the two players we've really seen impacted um, by these rule changes are um, two very talented uh, free throw merchants in James Harden and Trey Young. Um, So you have the numbers, which are fascinating. Do you want to let us know exactly how their games have been impacted? So with James Harden, it's, it's the last, ugh, the first four games were, were bad, right? Um, he, with the, the Wizards game, he only managed 14 points um, and his season average is 17 per game. Um, and he hasn't dipped below 20 points per game since 2012. So it's impacted his game quite, like, literally quite a bit um he normally would be averaging 8.7 free throws per game um he hit a career low of three per night in the first four games of this season. my god <laughs> i can't well, I even imagine like they, that. they self-corrected a little bit in the game in in the fifth game that they played but i think the refs were definitely trying to set the tone and make sure that James Harden knows that he, he's going to have to find another way to get those free throws. Um, and yeah, the, the difference is, is glaring. Yeah. And okay. So there, Trey Young has seen a similar impact and what I think it was Kyle Kuzma who subtweeted him after I need to find the exact quote, but after the um, Hawks wizards matchup, yeah, so it basically, I think Trey was a little frustrated at the lack of a whistle. And when running um, back onto the court after a missed call of sorts, uh, Young grazed a referee who gave him a technical foul for a hostile act. And Trey was subsequently fined $15,000 for that moment. Um, and it says here that I'm, I'm reading this off of a off of a Sports Illustrated's um, Hawks uh, blog and um, the un- uh, it says that Trey Young, the undersized guard, advocated for other smaller players who are getting battered by defenders. <laughs> That's the game, though. Like, I'm sorry, everybody's. Oh over my god, six eight, six nine. You're gonna have to deal with that. Like, I are you sh- short kings <laughs> rise going through it. I'm gonna read his quote because this is this is fascinating. Uh, when guys are straight, uh, when guys are driving straight and guys get knocked off balance, it's still a foul. Whether it's a wait, sorry, is this Trey's quote? Uh, I think it is. Trey's yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. When guys are uh, driving straight and get guys get uh, knocked off balance, it's still a foul. Whether it's their lower body or their hands to stop a defender, it's still a foul. There are a lot of things they took out that was necessary. Veering back and jumping onto guys, that's different. There are certain things I agree with those rules changes. Uh, But there are things that are still fouls and guys are going to get hurt, especially a smaller guy like me who's going up against bigger and stronger defenders. They're using their body and legs and their hands to stop me. I know 
they're looking for guys getting knocked off balance. So I'm going straight and I'm, I get my balance knocked off. That's a foul. Or if they slow my speed or if, sorry, I'm trying to, it, it, it's a direct quote of him speaking. So, uh, or if they slow down my speed, that's a foul. I know the rules. So a ref can't come to me and tell me what happened and it, what didn't, if I, sorry. Okay. This is Trey Young speaking. I can't, I cannot read what he's saying. So anyway, you guys get the gist. Basically, Trey is saying that um, a foul is a foul. We're living in a tall world. Yeah. <laughs> that he's being discriminated against as Ooh. a uh, six footer. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be hard for people to sympathize with him. I don't um, Especially knowing how offensively talented he is, A. Yeah. And, um, like how he how he has embraced the asshole role. Like people right. are not like you even, you? even the ref was like, "You touched me." Like that's a tech. I you, um, like <laughs> open up your wallet. Like open your, wa- <laughs> open your purse. Okay. Open your purse. <laughs> oh Grazed God. him, and he took his money. Like people are not going to sympathize um, with um, smaller players. They're not going to sympathize with. Um, you know, Dame Dalla, you know, waving goodbye and uh, Steph Curry shimmying. Y'all set like, yourself it, it, up. Y'all set yourself up. If you would have just kept calm and humble and just did your shit, no, nobody people are seeing it. People are seeing their stats have been lowered and rejoicing because <laughs> to them, this is finally fairness. But, the you know, um, the contract. Yeah, I'm, I'm being tongue in cheek. Yeah. I'm being tongue in cheek. I'm being, you know, um, facetious, but. The, the fact of the matter is that like it was a necessary rule change we're gonna see them perfect the um discrepancy as the season goes on right um and i'm really excited to see how it pans out because this is going to affect you know the league top to bottom and i one thing about the mpa is that players adjust to the rule changes like their nose in that book trying to find yeah, a loophole yes. developing a new move in the off season like it's only a matter of time that we see um the uh, subsequent changes that are um, in response to these rules. So, you know, that's something for NBA fans as a whole to kind of keep an eye on. But, you know, um, enough rambling about that. Let's uh, go on to the newest segment of the Dishes and Dimes podcast. Um, The Ask Dishes Dimes pod at gmail.com segment, (laughs) where we will address user questions regarding literally any topic um, in existence, I will, as long as it can be aired um, on a podcast, I mean, it won't if get it us. can't be aired, we'll we'll kind of block some words out and we'll make it anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> send whatever you guys. I want some juicy stuff, so send whatever you guys. You know, I'm nosy. I want to read all about your personal shit. And we will maintain your anonymity, so yes. we will not share um, names. You guys, you guys can put like um, pseudonyms in the end of the email, uh, but generally, unless you specify that you don't mind having your identity shared, we uh, will keep it private. So, um, Sandy, would you like to read out our first question? We're just going to address one this week, um, and we'll get to the others next week. Okay, so here's the first one. Hi, D and D crew. Everyone's going out for Halloween and none of my friends are the party type or know each other. So I did not get to go to any parties. How the heck do I get invited to parties? Halloween already passed and I need help with holiday and New Year's parties too. Love ya. And we're going to call her Aaliyah. Okay, Aaliyah. Um, Sandy, do you have any a piece of advice that you'd like to share with her? 
girl. Because it's all, a good question, honestly. It, it is like, a good question. It's a great question. It, if I knew how to get go to parties, I'd give you sound <laughs> advice. But I'm a homebody and I'm old. So I don't like I don't even like going to parties. So I'm like the wrong person. I would say if you're not somebody who typically goes to parties or gets invited to parties, that you find parties that you can go to. Like Exactly. Like there are public parties. To go there are events yeah like yeah. people have this um notion that um a party is like either a club or a house party but like generally with clubs like they will have like events which i think are easier for some people to attend because yeah. it'll be a specific sound for the night and you'll kind of expect to see certain type of people or whatever so i feel like you can like kind of find your scene in that way and just like your friends may not enjoy to enjoy partying. They may not have um, that kind of um, uh, surrounding it in your group. But generally, if you find one person to go with, you will definitely find other people and expand um, kind of the um, type of person and like the networking that you can do. Because like it, the thing with networking is that like I feel like it's not only in regards to work. I feel like people, if you, if you, if you want, cause it sounds like she wants to party. Yeah, girl. <laughs> if, if you want to, there are people who will literally like, literally be like walking past you and be like, Hey, you want to come to this spot with me? But like, it depends on what you're being receptive to. I feel like, um, and how it's, and I don't know. It's just, it's very hard to explain because I don't know this person, but like, yeah, in, in I will say it requires being uncomfortable. And more so. That is yeah. the number one yep. thing about, it's going to require you to be uncomfortable to get out of your bubble. Uh, it's not It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. But if it's something that you want, which it sounds like, I feel like it's absolutely possible. And it's, um, uh, you know, I think that you live in like, I'm, I'm guessing you're from Toronto. You, pro- you probably live in like the perfect city to do something like that. So. Yeah, there's so many events. Look for an event, grab one of your friends, tell them you're not being a homebody anymore. Get your ass in a dress. Let's go out. Yeah, and exactly. Like, literally, that's how you have to do it. Like Just you're not invited anywhere until you force yourself into some places and start, you know, connecting with people who are more of the going out type, right? Um, exactly. And girl, have yourself a fun new year's christmas a ball celebrate do your do your thing okay because we've gotten out of we're still in this pandemic but you know we're you know we're going into the normality of like life and you know i i don't even go out like that but this new year's i plan on getting drunk i plan on putting on a whole dress <laughs> and having myself a good ass time so i hope you do too um, thank you. For and there that. are people who are just as you are looking for like a scene, there are people who are looking for people willing to be a part of any scene. <laughs> like you, so it's just a matter of try, I exact, like, I, I don't even know how to put it into words because I have never answered this question before in my life, but, um, it's just a matter of finding that kind of niche. And then I feel like it'll open the floodgates and you'll yeah, and make sure you know what you're looking like make sure exactly what your vibe is right like don't go to a party where it's like a raver type like let's do all the drugs <laughs> if you're not that type of person if you're not that type of person yeah um, like find a, a good medium like you know maybe there's some really cool music that you're into but you know 
people aren't dying, potentially dying of an overdose, you know, like just find a good medium for yourself. Just a rave, it seems. And <laughs> just, 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 yeah, just go out and meet new people. Like the, the pandemics kept us very closed in and, and, and isolated. And, you know, if you want to go out and have fun, just do it. I've noticed that. Have you noticed? I don't know if it's a pandemic, but a lot of people who were homebodies are suddenly like, where are we going next? Right. Like, right. You feel like you have to make up for lost time. Um, exactly. Well, so, um, you know, good luck to you. We wish you the best. Stay safe. Mm-hmm. Always have a um, buddy with buddy. you. No yep. matter where you go, keep an eye on your uh, drink. drink. Please, please keep an eye on your drink. <laughs> and we and Dishes and Dimes uh, wishes you the best. And um, we'll catch you. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Um, send more questions to the email address askdishesdimespot at gmail.com. Um, and we will give you um, sound <laughs> advice. Advice. <laughs> Believe me, I don't know if you're going to want this advice. Sound? <laughs> Question mark advice? I really appreciate you guys <laughs> trusting us with your personal lives because ah, I don't know if I would trust myself. But. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much. Thank you, Aaliyah, for sending in that um, that email. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to us. Guys, we've been on hiatus, but we're back. Uh, believe yes, me, yes, there's yes. going to be more episodes. Uh, no more break. Uh, so if we've been annoying you on the timeline, we're going to continue to annoy you now. Um, I hope you enjoyed that reprieve that you got because we're back. Uh and guys thank you guys for the continued support we really appreciate y'all like Yasmin said send your questions in dimes at gmail and uh, yeah thank you for listening until next week peace out everyone peace peace